turn our attention to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, which describes the birth of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as, that he, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus, the word of the Lord. There's a variety of experiences in, in life that all of us share, and a variety of experiences that we don't share. Thankfully, everyone probably doesn't have a root canal. But at the exact same time, all of us got to experience the thrill last night. Right? I don't have to go into detail, right? Okay. We have shared experiences in life, good things and bad things. There is one, though, that all of us have experienced at a young age up to an older age. We've all experienced at some point fear. We've been afraid of someone or something. And fear is kind of an odd thing that can do weird things to us. Fear can really do two things to us at any given moment. One, it can freeze us. The other day I was getting home from work about 4 o'clock and it was the day we were having some snow fall down. As I arrived home, nothing was really out of the ordinary. There was a car out front. I assumed it was the individual who picks up our daughter from school and didn't think anything of it. So I walk around to the back of the house. As I walk around to the back of the house, I'm getting my keys out of my pocket. And in my garage, I hear coughing very loudly and clearly. I'm thinking, this isn't good. Who's in the garage? And literally, I just stood just still because I thought, what am I going to do? I did absolutely nothing. I probably should have took off and run, but I just stopped. And I just stared and waited for the individual to come out of the garage. Thankfully, it was a very nice man that was trying to shovel our driveway for us. But when you're afraid, it can just put you in a moment where you, you don't know what to do, and you can just freeze. Fear often freezes us from speaking truth. And so we're afraid at a moment that we're going to say the wrong thing, so we say nothing. Fear can freeze us. At the exact same time, fear can lead to illogical behavior. Right? All of us at some point in our life have been afraid of rejection. We don't want people to reject us. We want people to like us. And so what happens? Because we're afraid that people are going to reject us, what do we do? Weird stuff to get them to like us. Think back to your high school and middle school and college. Some of you did some naughty stuff back then. Why? Because you wanted people to like you. You were afraid of rejection. 
fear leads to illogical behavior. Fear is not what we were created to have. If you read the whole Bible, maybe you've heard this before. It's constantly throughout the Bible, the phrase in one way or another, do not be afraid, fear not. Some people have gone through and they've counted and they've counted 365 phrases at a minimum of fear not, do not be afraid. In other words, you could have one for every day of the year. Basically emphasizing that we were not created to be people of fear, people frozen or people acting with illogical behavior. But God does not want us to be afraid, but God wants us to be bold. There's one common saying in each Christmas story, and it's the phrase, fear not. Fear not. This evening, we hear the phrase from the angels when they approach Joseph in the dream, and they say, fear not, do not be afraid. We also hear it from the angel when they approach the shepherds in the field. The very first thing the angel says is, fear not, do not be afraid. There's a lot to be afraid of in our world. This evening, we'll take a moment of silence. This evening, it's almost like we just separate ourselves from everything that's going on in the world. This evening, we have a silent night here. But we know that the world around us is anything but silent. There's a lot to fear. There's stuff inside of us that's harming us. There's people around us that are seeking to harm us. There's a lot to fear. But this evening, God says to us, fear not. Well, the word fear not carries no power with it. It does nothing for me to tell you this evening, don't be scared. You see, command or law carries no power. If I tell my child, if I say, hey, stop being scared, go back to bed, stop being scared, it doesn't work. I can tell you from experience, and if you want to learn, come on over this evening about 10 o'clock. It just doesn't work to say, stop being scared. But it's completely different if you say, you don't have to be scared. Daddy's right outside, and you can come get him if you need something. See, the command, do not be scared, now has power carried with it. I'm afraid that most of the time, us Christians, we haven't been able to fulfill a fearless life because we've only hold the, heard the command, do not fear. We've missed the second part of the angel's message. And it's one word, one word I want you to remember this evening. In Luke 2, the angels approach and they say to the shepherds, Fear not. Behold. The angels don't just say, stop being scared. No, the angel says, behold. In other words, what this word is saying here is saying, hey, start perceiving, start wondering upon what I'm about to tell you. So literally in the Greek it's saying, start perceiving, do not fear what I'm about to tell you. So it's not just, hey, stop being scared. It's put your attention, put your gaze or your focus right over here. And what's the gaze or the focus? Where are we supposed to put our attention? We're supposed to put our attention on the good news. What's the good news? For you in this day, a Savior has been born in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. We don't have to fear for two reasons. 
the first reason is the one that was given to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 when the angel says, fear not. The reason that he says to Joseph, fear not, is what? Hey, the kid that your fiancé is carrying is God. Okay, this is just crazy. All you church people that have heard this your whole life, right? We just gloss right over this, all right? We're right in the middle of serious drama. And this is just crazy, isn't it? When's the last time you saw someone get pregnant who didn't do you-know-what? Right? Straightforward. That's what it says right there in Matthew 1. You'd be a little scared, too, if your fiancé came home and was like, hey, I'm having a baby. The angel says, no, you don't have to be scared. Why? Because that's God. Emmanuel, God with us. The reason that you and I do not have to be afraid this evening, very first, is this, God with us. If God is for us, who can possibly be against us? We used to, have, when I was in playing basketball in high school, we used to have a little drill at the, end of, at the end of practice. And at the end of practice, it was kind of this big rebounding drill. And so what the coach would do, he'd throw the ball up at the hoop, and it was just an all-out scramble. You don't get the rebound, your team is on the line, and you're running. Well, I was a pretty guy, big guy back in high school, kind of like I am today. So you can about imagine how excited people were when I was selected to be on their team for the rebounding drill. Do you think I lessened their fears at all? If anything, they were thinking, let's just line up right now to run. It makes a big difference who's on your team. And why is the number one reason we do not have to fear? It's because God is with us. It's because the one who came in that manger was not another prophet, was not a moral teacher. The one who came in that manger was God himself. You have nothing to fear, for God is with us. And if God is for us, who can be against us. We have God on our team. So often us Christians are acting like, oh, I don't know, do we have any power or strength? What do you mean? We have the creator of the universe who's for us, who's with us, who came to live among us. Do not be afraid. God is with us. But it doesn't just stop there. The angel says to Joseph, do not be afraid. That's God, Emmanuel, who's coming. But then the angel says to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Why? Because this day a Savior has been born for you. In other words, in other words, someone has come to rescue you. This is good news. It's good news because God is a holy and just creator who, as the Bible tells us, is going to deliver his wrath against all creation that's opposed to him. And at the time in which God's wrath is against all of his creation who's hostile towards him, we need a rescuer. We need someone who will save us. The good news is that in Jesus Christ, we have a Savior. There's nothing to fear. We have a Savior who has taken all of the punishment. What's the number one fear in life? The fear of death. The fear of death, it's legitimate. It's legitimate. 
It's legitimate to fear that which no human being has ever overcome. It's legitimate to fear that which is final. But the good news this evening is that we have a Savior who has conquered death on our behalf. That's why he's our Savior. He couldn't be our Savior if he didn't conquer death because there'd be nothing to save us from. We have nothing to fear because God has come and is with us. We have nothing to fear because in Jesus Christ we have a Savior. This evening, we have two different drastic directions we can go in life. And it may seem like I'm just going to the extremes here, but hang with me for just a moment. According to the Bible, we have nothing to fear or we have everything to fear. We have nothing to fear or we have everything to fear. What do I mean by that? This evening, if we're outside of Jesus Christ, we have everything to fear. Why? Because everything that's important to us can be taken from us at any given moment. Your greatest treasure, your ability to work, if your confidence, if your enjoyment comes from your ability to work, you should be afraid. Because at any moment, any moment, that ability can be taken away. You're frail. Outside of Jesus Christ, if what's most important to you is people around you, at any moment, not just speaking fear into you, speaking reality, at any moment, they can be taken away. If you're outside of Jesus Christ, you have everything to fear because everything that's important to you can be taken away, and for every person in human history, everything has been taken away at some point. But if you're in Christ Jesus, you have nothing to fear. Why? Because what can they take? They can take our house, they can take our goods, they can take our family, they can take our work, but it's all temporary. It's all temporary. Why is it temporary? It's temporary because the one who was in the manger is eternal. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, it says, Consider who Jesus Christ. Have your attitude like that of Jesus Christ, who considered equality with God nothing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, in other words, it's saying that Jesus was in heaven before he was in the manger. He was God for eternity. The reason that we have nothing to fear is because the one who is in the manger is eternal. And we have eternal life through him. And so this evening, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear. For what can they for what can anyone do against you? All they can do is bring temporary pain, temporary deviation from that which will be eternal peace and eternal joy. The message of the angel 
still rings out to you and I this evening. Do not fear. Why? Because behold. What are you going to behold? Behold the good news of Jesus Christ. Because when you fix your gaze upon Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, God is with us. In Jesus Christ, you have a Savior. God is with us, and in Christ, we have a Savior. I'm sure that all of you are probably familiar in some way with the Charlie Brown Christmas, right? The big uh, production that's been famous throughout the years. And they got the moment when the angels come and they say, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy. What happens at that moment? The blanket is dropped. And it's the only time the blanket is dropped. Why? Good news of great joy. Everybody has a blanket. Everybody has a blanket. Your blanket may be your wealth. Your blanket may be your ability. Your blanket may be your family heritage. Everybody has a blanket that they're holding on to from which they get their confidence, their hope, and their strength. This evening, if your blanket is any other than Jesus Christ, God with us, our Savior, you have everything to fear. But if your blanket is Jesus Christ, you have nothing to fear. And so let us go forth. Let us be bold. Let us be confident. We have nothing to fear, for God is with us, and in Jesus Christ, we have a Savior who gives us life for eternity. Thanks be to God that in that manger, God came to be with us. In that manger, God came to save us. Let us pray. Eternal God, we come with thankful hearts this evening that you have come to be with us. We ask now that you would awaken in us the gift of faith, that you give us the ability to trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior. We confess that we have done wrong, and we want to trust in Jesus above ourselves. And so this evening, Lord, we pray that Jesus would be our strength. We pray that Jesus would be our pride. We pray that Jesus would be our comfort. God, we ask now that you would remind us that Jesus was Lord at his birth. And we pray now that Jesus would be Lord of our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.